0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mega Bros Podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Donnie. And Donnie, after this little hiatus we had, we uh, are finally bringing you one of our favorite movies in the Star Wars uh, saga, and that is Revenge of the Sith.
1: Episode 3, baby.
0: Been a long time in coming, but all good things are worth the wait. As all our viewers and listeners know, we are certainly worth the wait. So now... I think we're going to lay down some real good opinions. I know I know, from talking to you the last two weeks, you uh, got a lot you want to say about this one.
1: I absolutely do. And I, But first, I want to say a little fat joke in that we're not only worth the weight, but we're worth the weight in our weight, because we're fat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are fat. I don't know if you picked that up along the way, but that's one of the things that we are, and we but, yeah, it.
1: Believe it or not, people who do podcasts about the best candies are fat. You, that, that may surprise you, but it, it, this is what peak performance looks like. You just have to accept it at this point. And speaking of things I accept, Episode three. I'm so glad we finally get to talk about this because I've always had this nagging feeling, like I, I I've I think I've said this before, but like I didn't really watch episode two and three when they came out. Like I was not particularly into Star Wars at the time. So I the first time I watched, I think it was in it might have been in college with you and or like our other friends at the time, but like I was like, wait, this is actually, like, really cool. Like, there's a lot of lightsaber fighting, a lot of action. Oh, there's a lot going on. Like, a whole bunch is just, like, the set pieces are amazing. And there's, thankfully, not too much of, you know, the stuff that George Lucas can't handle, like, you know, anything a woman would say. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to just... I'm going to come out of the gate with the, with probably one of the more controversial takes that I've heard about Star Wars and say that Revenge of the Sith... Is the most enjoyable Star Wars movie of the nine main saga movies?
0: Hmm, I I disagree with you on that one. I love it. I think it's probably my second favorite. Um, but I, I can't I just can't rank it above Empire Strikes Back. To me, that's that's where you know that's the top of the Star Wars pinnacle to me. Oh, uh, but, uh, yeah. but what I what I will say about Revenge of the Sith and what I love about it so much is when the trilogy for the the prequel trilogy first came out and you know you had episodes one and two it it took a lot of crap and and rightfully so we've talked about our feelings on those two but when Revenge of the Sith came out that's kind of when I said you know what I I don't have to defend these movies because I I like them it gave me a new look on the other two because I did think this one was done so well and I think you know this is eventually Lucas learning what his strengths are and and what a good movie is and, and I also do really love this movie I thought it was awesome
1: yeah, I, I mean, like again, like let's just let's set the baseline here so that we're not like being hyper hyperbolic about things. At no point are you ever going to think that the writing in this movie is great. Okay, it is not. It is not a nuanced movie. Like it is, it is very upfront with what your your themes and your you know your symbolism is about. Um, it is not a particularly like thoughtful movie. Like if you want to talk about like one of the like, you know, I mean, you want to you talk about things that don't age well, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, like, th- there's no way that a major entertainment franchise like, say, Disney would allow you to per- to waste Natalie Portman for three movies like this with zero, like, acting of consequence. Like, it- it's just, it- it's-, it's criminal. So let's get that out of the way. That being said, first of all, the fights in this movie are absolutely insane between Obi-Wan and Grievous, Anakin and Dooku, I, I mean, it, Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, Mace Windu versus Palpatine, like, I mean, these are these are some of the best lightsaber fights in, in all of Star Warsness.
0: Yeah, it, it's finally all the big heavy hitters, like, going at each other, and, you know, the, the first two movies of this kind of play at it and give you, like, little hints of here and there, but, I mean, when we saw... In episode two, uh, you know, Yoda busts out with his lightsaber, but when Palpatine, you know, busted out his lightsaber went at people, I mean, that was just like a whole different thing, because it's just nothing we had seen, and I mean, you knew he's a Sith, and he has to have a lightsaber somewhere, but, you know, just from watching them leading up to all the movies before, like, it it didn't, it, it almost didn't seem like he ever would, and then there it is, and, you know, Yoda fighting Palpatine too. it's just like, it's, it's, it's all coming to a head here, it's like the big climax again, and it, I just... I think they do. The part's awesome.
1: And I think, like, the, the coolest part of it, too, is just, like, it really gave you the sense that, like, the good guys had figured things out just in time. Like, there was a real chance that they were going to be able to pull this off somehow. Like, you, you were sitting there thinking, like, okay, he's done. Like, Mace Windu whooped his ass. Like, let, let's... let's we, we, we cannot leave that out here. Samuel L. Jackson just went off in that. And, like, and like it's still a crime that we didn't get ma- more Mace Windu. Let's just put it out there. I especially if you get into like the extended universe stuff and like what his lightsaber fighting style is really supposed to be where it's like channeling his anger and hate without actually like letting it overcome him all that stuff like it's really cool i I find that stuff fascinating but yeah it's just the the action pieces and it really felt like this is where like all the story stuff came together like where episode one and episode two like sometimes it felt like you're like why the hell are we here why are we on naboo why are we on kamino like you know, stuff is happening, but who gives a crap, you know, but like there, there's not a wasted action scene in in this entire movie.
0: Yeah. I I really, I really think that Lucas kind of learned from his first two movies and, and you know, whether he had someone else in the room who finally got to him or, or he made that realization himself, I think it, it shows. And, you know, I, I even think if, if he started with a movie of this caliber and worked backwards, I think the other two would have benefited from it too. But, um, you know, it, just like you were saying, it's just the action scenes are great. Uh, The dialogue's still not good. Um, (laughs) The (laughs) love story aspect of it is thankfully taking a backseat. I mean, there's still parts of it, and then, you know, it's more consequential now that uh, Padme is having, you know, twins and all that, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's still... I I think the the storytelling is better without the writing being better, if that makes sense. Like, the story you're watching is still good.
1: Yeah, and, and, like, really, like this is to me like this is the movie that really illustrates just how important good writing is because like the actors are really selling it like there's not any point that like i'm sitting here thinking like oh they're they're phoning it in like again even with absolute dog shit to work with natalie portman really sells the fact that she's dying of sadness like (laughs) (laughs) you know like anakin anakin's the words that come out of anakin's mouth are stupid but the actual like emotion behind them like Anakin looks like he's furious enough to survive a flaming river of lava and having most of his limbs removed just so he could tell Obi-Wan how much he hates like it, it yeah go
0: and even even the scene when you know he does kill Mace Windu and and you know finally submits to Palpatine again the words may not be great but like you can see it that he does have like that regret, like what have I, what have I done? <laughs> like maybe that part's not the best acted, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's like you can see like there's that that con- that conflict in him. Like what he just he killed a Jedi Master, but you know what choice does he have at this point? Because Palpatine can save Padme. So like now that you can kind of see where it was all building up to, and um, you know it, it's kind of like that good payoff if you really did you know follow the movies and, and, and see what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really illustrates to me, like, I mean, Yoda said from the get-go, like, training this dude is a bad idea because he is so full of fear, and fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, like, and that's what happens. It, it again, writing, not great. Like, I, I'm not going to say it again just because, like, we, we've said it so much, and at this point, you like, you should just be accepting that George Lucas can't write for shit, um, or whoever he hires can't write for shit, um, that being said like the anguish that anakin goes through you know in that time like what have i done and again like the words don't really come out right but but the emotion is there like hayden Christensen got too much shit for this role i'll I'll just say that like he did what he could with what he had like but but then like you just see like this is a guy who clearly thinks that he has like done the worst possible thing that he could and, which he did. He basically sealed the, the fall, the, the, the fall of the Jedi here, and then, you know, just to, just to cap it off, It's just like, well, I've done the worst thing I can think of. I better go kill some kids.
0: <laughs> I mean, that that would obviously be the logical conclusion that you would come in that situation.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, it can't be worse than you know, eating makes window at the window. So I mean, <laughs> might as well kill some hey. kids. Like, like the logical <laughs> leap there is is a bit. Much.
0: it's a it's a tough one but it you know it it, it does cement his role in the dark side um yep. and i i think too if, if we go away from anakin too i i thought obi-wan had a real strong story in this one too and it, he always kind of seemed to do his own thing they always find a way to separate anakin and him but you know obi-wan going off and fighting uh general grievous and, and that fight they had that exchange again obi-wan's a badass like taking on a, a killer droid that has four lightsabers and coming out
1: on top yeah that yeah i mean which another another point to mention here general grievous completely totally criminally underused um which i think is really just part of the if you want to look at the prequels as a whole like that's that's one of the shortcomings here they came up with some great villains darth maul count dooku slash darth tyrannis general grievous like these are all timers like when you know when you when you say these these things like like people are still talking about Darth Maul like that's still like one of the coolest villains in sci-fi, <laughs> but in, in the movies he gets chopped in half after one movie and he's gone. Like
0: yeah, that that's like really the biggest takeaway I, I have from the prequels is just they had they had the coolest bad guys in their trilogy and they all just died so quick and were never used and maybe you could have found a way to get. Uh, you know, Duku, Grievous, and you know Darth Maul as like some some kind of trio together, and or or whatnot. And maybe it couldn't have worked canonically. Who knows? But I mean, just oh, it, just all around, just great. Because even when you look forward and you have, um, you know, just Vader and Palpatine in the original trilogy, still pretty badass, but not not quite like the you know the power group they had in the the uh, prequels.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really think that's one of the things that. The prequels to me highlight just how important it, it is to have like the. What's the word I'm looking for? Like like the side stuff for Star Wars. Like the movies, and and, and I think like they, we've talked about like the links between Marvel and Star Wars before, and I do think that like. It, you know, gun to my head, I think like if I if I'm the guys at Marvel, like I would have looked at Star Wars and looked like where the mistakes were, and and the mistakes for for that really were just it's the world building. Like there's so much to keep track of. There's so much going on, and and again, like so many villains, like. I, and not to beat this drum again, but you go into the Clone Wars, and General Grievous is like a central figure in it. It's friggin' great. Like, also, so's is Dooku. Like that <laughs> that whole that whole piece between Episode Two and Three that you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't that important. Then you watch Clone Wars, you're like, this was dope. Why the hell did they not? Why was this not on the movie?
0: <laughs> I know. I, I think I think we mentioned it before, but it's just like maybe a little bit ahead of his time. And you know, if we fast forward now to what the MCU is doing, and, and for anyone who's watched Wandavision or the the first episode of the Falcon. And in the Winter Soldier, it it gives you that little bit of context that you that you needed, um, and you know it, you don't need a TV series to be ten seasons long, you know, ten episodes each, and all that. Like One Division was what nine nine episodes, and nine they're not doing episodes. anymore. That's eight. Hey, thank you. Um, and, and that's all it was. I mean, it, it's it's done. It added a little bit of extra context that you're gonna get about you know how I won't spoil it, but you know a little bit more of the info that you want needed. And I, I just think Star Wars would lend itself so perfectly to that, and maybe we're going to see that with the Obi-Wan series and and some of the other series that they've announced for Disney Plus. But um, it just I think it would lend itself so well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're they're starting to realize that. Like, I mean, leaving the sequels out for now because those are an entirely different animal, and we're going to get to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think what Disney's doing with Star Wars right now, in terms of just, like, taking the Mandalorian and really making it into, like, the live-action successor to the Clone Wars and Rebels, um, I think is a great move. And to me, like, it also highlights, like, yeah, and, like, to tie this into Marvel a bit, like, one of the things that works about, you know, like, WandaVision and one of the things I like about, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier so far is you know there's a limited run. This is not a show that's going to be on for 10, 12, 15 seasons that you're going to have to, like, catch up on, like it's an episodic story it's going to be a little bit longer in total than a movie would really need to be but you're going to get like more stuff to fill in and when you're talking about a series that's more centered on storytelling than it is about like trying to come up with just one like meaningful story like but you know to me like that's that's the move here and so, like, I, I like what they're doing with The Mandalorian and all of these announced spinoffs. I mean, first of all, like, I, I will watch Ewan McGregor play Obi Wan 24 7 for the rest of my life if you give me that opportunity. Like, that I don't know if I could ever separate the actor from the role in that regard. Like, he, he, it is, in terms of Star Wars, he is iconic.
0: If I see him walking down the street, I'm seeing Obi Wan. I'm not seeing Ewan McGregor. I mean, that's just how it is.
1: Yep. Yeah, and you and know, know what? He would probably be like, be like, of course I know him. He's me. Oh,
0: and, and I, I think one of the cool things that the, the Disney Plus series are doing, and I, it's very important for Star Wars, is that it's, it's showing that you can have a good story that doesn't have a Skywalker or a Jedi. And, you know, eventually the Mandalorian got there, and it did have some Jedi and Sith in there, but it didn't need it and i thought it just it went really well and i, I think some of the like i think they're doing a higher public one and uh, you know some other uh, series that i can't recall off the top of my head but just things that don't always have jedi and i think that's kind of important because they are obviously a very important part of the galaxy and you know they should be somewhere in the story but uh like you can have a movie like solo or or rogue one um uh, which i didn't love but they were fine. They, I, they weren't bad because they were lacking Jedi. Let me just say that.
1: Yeah, Rogue One was definitely better than Solo. Um, and we, we will we'll talk about them at some point here. I'm not sure if we're going to do that next or if we're going to save them for later. But um, I have plenty of thoughts about Rogue One. I have less positive thoughts about Solo.
0: I see I'm the opposite there. But we'll, we'll save
1: those for uh, <laughs> for that episode. I mean, the, I'll, I'll give you, here's the teaser I'll give you for that, guys. More Maul. Why is there not more Maul? But anyway, back to Revenge of the Sith. Again, like, it is... To me, like, it is the best that Lucas did with the prequels. And I think, to me, like, if you... If George Lucas took Revenge of the Sith, and then a couple years later decided to, like, apply those lessons to making Episode seven. Now, granted, I've heard that like some of his ideas for Episode Seven were pretty friggin' bizarre, like having it all be all take place at the microscopic level, which I mean is just patently insane. But you know, he he's a dreamer. <laughs> Let him get his bad ideas out there too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But if you give like Episode Seven the treatment that Episode Three got, and like with those those that same ethos of more action, more like set pieces, more like fights. You know, I, I think he would have ended up with a much more enjoyable movie.
0: Yeah, like I said I, earlier, I think he did. He'd learned his lessons. And by the time he got to here, because, you know, when, when he made the original movies, it, they weren't supposed to succeed. So obviously, you had, you had the collaboration between everyone, and he got through it, and, and they were huge successes. When he gets to the prequels, he can kind of do it every once. And no one can really push back. But then you have some movies that. I don't want to say flop, because I don't think his Star Wars movies are flopped, but, you know, it's not warmly received by everyone, so I, you kind of have to go back to the drawing board, and to his credit, he did, and he and he learned from it, and he got all the way to Revenge of the Sith and made a really good movie. Yep. I think, if he wasn't going to go the microscopic world route, <laughs> um, if he had the new trilogies, I think he probably could have been done better than Disney did. Um, the problem is, he was never going to do it so when we talk about the new ones that's going to be I'm going to tell you now kind of be my theme where we wouldn't have gotten Star Wars anyway so I, I think anything after this is gravy but I mean this was like the meat potatoes
1: yeah I, I, yeah I mean I'll, I'll just agree with that ahead of time like the sequels should have been gravy but they were not good gravy
0: no no they were not. <laughs> The fat separated and it was just clumpy and just yeah. not
1: great. You're like, oh no, you, you, this is why is this cold? It's not supposed to be cold. No, <laughs>
0: but they had enough spice in there, so like, you're like, oh, maybe their next gravy's gonna be all right.
1: Yeah, it's just enough to keep you watching. Then, but you know, we we are getting off track here. I mean, when I, I guess what it, what it comes down to for me, like with Revenge of the Sith and just the setup that it gives you, like you really do get like the just palpable sense at the end of the movie that oh my god everything is going to hell like the entire republic is crumbling in an instant and it's like this is i guess this is where i'm surprised almost like it is the most like thorough and sensible reason as to how an entire galaxy would fall under the control of you know a tyrant like emperor palpatine like, it, it, that was one of those things in the original Star Wars series where you're like, how the hell did this happen? Like, none of this makes any sense. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's why. You know, when you have, like, basically the entire body of, you know, your peacekeeping, you know, justice system is murdered in an instant by innocent clones. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that presents a problem. That leaves a bit of a power vacuum, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I, I admittedly read this somewhere before, but um, this mindset kind of had change the way i view the movies where you knew that anakin was vader that's not a surprise no one should like we all should have seen it coming and you, you knew how it got there and all that but if you watch the movies instead of like through anakin's eyes and how it happens if you kind of re-watch it through palpatine's eyes and you know he's not always on the screen but just kind of like all the moving pieces that get from you know little anakin on tatooine to darth vader You can. I think it's like a better watch when you kind of just see the strings he's pulling in the background and I I don't think anything obviously happens by accident I mean Palpatine's the mastermind behind it and he gets it all over there and it's just it's such a thorough and complete defeat of the Jedi right under their nose the whole time and it just the feeling at the end of that movie is probably similar, similar to what you have at the end of Empire Strikes Back where it's not a happy ending at all like you just watched three whole movies and the payoff is a big steam and dump on your chest because the you know the galaxy's gone to crap Palpatine won Vader is Vader now uh Yoda has to go into hiding Obi-Wan has to go into hiding nothing good is happening at that moment and it's like wow that sucks
1: for them literally every person is unhappy except for Palpatine and you know, I, I will say the only other criticism I have of, of Revenge of the Sith, and this is again where like I kind of wish that they would show and not tell, but you know, to me, like like I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Rogue One again here. What is the best part of Rogue One? It's the end when you see Vader, exactly. Badass. Like Vader starts chopping up guys left, right, and center, just absolutely murdering everybody in his path, and. You know, to me, like, all you see out of Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith is, No! Like, that's not, that's not Vader, that's Anakin. Like, I, I would have, like, to me, like, I, what would have perfected that movie is just, like, give me, like, you know, like, 10-15 minutes at the end of Vader hallway scenes. Just Vader chopping up goons, just left right center destroying planets you know killing men women and children like whatever it is like like let's see vader's descent into evil because the problem i have with with star wars is that just like it seems like the best stuff happens off screens and i mean like it happens in comics it happens in video games it you know like if you're talking about like a primarily visual medium like star wars is which it takes place in movies and now we're just getting into tv shows like that's that's where i, I want to see that like i want it like it's the same re- thing where like i want to see the clone wars because of all the things that happened i don't want to see two hours about you know trade negotiations on Naboo. Um, you know and like with vader like one of the best parts of uh, like, of Rebels, like, is that every once in a while, Vader shows up, and when he shows up, everything goes to hell, because he's Darth-fucking-Vader. Like, when he shows up, you're supposed to fear for your life, because he's going to kill you, not he's going to be like, no!
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the things that I, you know, if we had a wish list for this, for the uh, prequels, that's one of the things I wish they had done, is because, you know, Vader in the movies is like, this slow-moving, like, robotic nothing. I mean, you can't picture him, like, in a badass fight at all. And, you know, I I, I know canonically that he... the suit is cumbersome, and it it sucks for him to fight in, but, again, like you said, he's a badass. He's one of the most powerful Sith. He, He can fight with the suit on still, and they just don't show it. And, like you mentioned, the scene in Rogue One at the end, you could have done that. And I think if they had found a way to get that in the prequels, I, I just would have made, I think it would have made Vader way more of a badass, you know, going forward in the in the original uh, trilogy. Because again, all you see from him is a lame little fight with old Obi-Wan, and then he's like a shriveled husk at the end. I mean, it's it's just not, it's hard to look at that Vader and say like, wow, he's so terrifying, when he should be terrifying
1: yeah and that's the thing like if some of vader's best like scenes at least in terms of, like movies and tv come in honestly in rebels like he like i won't i won't spoil that but like you know there are there are some fight scenes with vader where you're just like oh my god this is terrifying like it's and that's what you want like i yeah i, I just i like here's the thing i would watch an entire movie about how vader and palpatine subjugate the entire galaxy like you know they've been going around destroying planets and like you know like enslaving people and just scorching the earth so to speak um you know there you get into the extended universe stuff and palpatine's got like 15 different operations and orders and all this other stuff i mean like there's just so much and the stuff that again like the stuff that lucas chose to show again revenge of the sith best prequel but still suffers from that problem where like show us the good stuff Like Lord of the Rings is like a four-hour thing if you let the whole thing go in. Like, give me that. Like, give me like the entire galaxy.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I I hope one thing that Disney takes away from everything they're doing is that you can have the MCU model with Star Wars because I I do think, like you said, like Rebels and and uh, the Clone Wars series, that stuff matters and that stuff's important and it's it can be done well. And again, I, I think they're on the right track With Mandalorian uh, Let's see what the rest of their series look like But I think they can fill that stuff in You know, if we're making Witch list I, I really wouldn't mind watching a Darth Vader series If they're going to do something like that That'd be
1: badass I mean, yeah, that, that would just be That would be glorious And I mean, if they I, I get that, like, there's So like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off a little bit on, on the Mandalorian here Just because, like We go into the Luke hallway scene and if you haven't seen it by now, um, first of all, I'm not sure what you're doing with your life, but go watch it. Um, yep. But again, like it mirrors like Vader's hallway scene because you know, he's a Jedi like his father before him and all that jazz. But, uh, it like, I guess, I guess like my whole thing is that like star Wars at this point is such like an old franchise, which is kind of a weird thing. Like it, it doesn't really operate in the same way that the MCU does because like Marvel, as, like, comic books, is, like, so used to, like, recasting characters. Like, I mean, every time, like, somebody dies, somebody's like, oh, I'm gonna be the new Captain America, or I'm gonna be the new Iron Man. And it's like, you know, you can get away with that. Like, that's not a thing in Star Wars, because these people's, like, abilities are, t- are tied directly to who they are, not what they do. So, but, like, I wouldn't mind if they took the steps of, like, maybe not remaking the original saga. Like, that's probably a bit much. But... If you're gonna have like the this model where like there's all these like side stories and like fill in the gaps here give me a younger luke skywalker like figure out who it is i, I don't I, I don't have a particular thought on it this time but give me some of that and let's let's see that let's see luke training students at his temple because like again the sequels leave that stuff out but the man that would be an enjoyable thing to watch like and i think disney's getting there like let's see how these all these like uh spin-offs turnaround like ahsoka and obi-wan are the ones that i'm really excited about although i'm very excited to see what happens with the republic one too because that that's an on that that is a uh, an untapped mine of fresh content right there
0: oh yeah they could they could make seasons of that uh, and just so many seasons of that series if they did it uh, i mean my but, god you know, if they just made
1: kotor into into a tv show i'd be happy
0: jesus that's what i wanted them to do with the movies i thought it'd be i i think it's in their best interest to get away from the skywalkers. And I think they are. And that's good. I, I wish that Ray was somewhere in their future. Cause I, I love Ray, but, um, I, again, you can have a movie in a series without the Jedi. You can have a movie in a series without the skywalkers. They've proven they can make it work. And now we, I do want some of that extra stuff, uh, that you mentioned and to piggyback a little bit on kind of like a comparison to MCU that you made. Um, one thing that i you know kind of like about the mcu is like you always have these conversations about who's the strongest and like thanos is the strongest that or like captain marvel could beat him or you know uh we, like the scarlet witch is one of the strongest one. You, you always have these arguments but you for, that doesn't translate to star wars but i i think it could and i think it should i think you know we talked about vader being such a badass but could vader have beaten um help a team one-on-one what about vader with his suit on versus yoda like i know we wouldn't ever see those in a new kind of series that they made but if those characters showed up more uh, and you can see some of their backstory you can see some of their off-camera stuff i think now you can start get, get into that conversation and you can start talking about like who is the most powerful and i, I just think that's a cool little
1: side topic I agree with you there I mean like if you if you put me in charge of Star Wars which I don't like I'm not qualified for that my name's not Dave Filoni um Mm, nope but like I think one of the things that would be kind of cool to see in Star Wars and like I think they're gonna let the TV stuff go for a bit but if you're gonna do another main saga like I feel like one of the things that would really be beneficial is like Like, one of the coolest parts of, like, Mandalorian is when they reintroduce Ahsoka. And, like, if you go through, like, Clone Wars and Rebels, like, you see that Ahsoka is not really a Jedi, but she's clearly not, like, following the dark side either. Like, there is a third path, so to speak. I think it would be really cool if you had a chance to explore, like, Force users that aren't just Jedi or Sith. You know, like, maybe, like, you know, like, when when you watch The Last Jedi, like, there's this implication that, like, you know force powers are, are pretty much all over the place and that you know like there's plenty of people who can do it they just need the training but you know this idea that like the jedi way is the only way or the sith way is the only other way like everything that's not jedi is sith like that worked in the 70s and it kind of almost worked in the, in the prequels too but like it's 2021 like let's branch that out like what's between the jedi and the sith like you know instead of having just like a, you know along the one spectrum from jedi to sith like what if you add like another axis you know, like now you've got people who you know maybe, like look at the Dungeons and Dragon systems. You've got good and evil, yeah, but there's also law and chaos, and so how those interact. Like I would like to see like some some force users with like diverse backgrounds, interests, aspirations. That's not just good versus evil, you know.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that's something that like those those off movies or those you know those series can really kind of go through a little bit more because you know when you have a a three-hour movie you can only get so much in there but you're right there there's a lot more to good and evil you know yes and no, all that stuff it's there are those nuances and and like you said it's maybe like more of a gray jedi someone like that but Mm -hmm. not necessarily jedi because you know i don't want to use that word but yeah like there there should be that that middle ground and especially where where you look where the the you know the, the sequel trilogy left off they're really isn't a Sith and a Jedi. There was Rey and there was Palpatine, and now there's just Rey. So like, I wonder where Disney's going to pick it up after that. Um, and and maybe this is a conversation for for those movies. But uh, you know, I, it it should be interesting. I think they have a lot to work with.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. There there just is so much, and I think that's kind of what that's to me. Like that's a result. Like I'm, I'm going to bring this back full circle here that's a result of Revenge of the Sith. Like, Revenge of the Sith shows you that, like, like, this is the fall of the Jedi because, like, they were basically ruling the galaxy for a thousand years before that, you know, and probably longer than that, but I'm not super up on my Star Wars history in that regard. You know, and so to me, like, what Revenge of the Sith really did well, and, you know, like, we've talked about the things that it's weak on, but the things that it really does well is just the action and the stakes, like at every point in revenge of the sith you are aware that the entire fate of the galaxy is hinging on every single action like the entire movie is heavy as hell with that and that's what makes it so enjoyable like even though you know anakin becomes vader you don't know how it happens, and you're watching every little thing add up. You're watching Anakin go in and slaughter all of these, you know, um, separatist like, leaders, and then, like, Obi-Wan shows up, and you have done that yourself. Like, it, it's just, everything is just oozing with importance, and that that was my favorite part. Like, the entire movie felt important. At no point did I think, eh, I don't need to see this.
0: Yeah, because it, it, it's so much more than just Anakin going to the dark side. It's this is how the you know the republic became the empire like this is how a, a collection of you know different races and everything that had a, a senate body and, and and worked through things completely crumbled and turned into a you know a one rule thing and, and the emperor rose from that and again as i mentioned before like if you watch it through those eyes with him pulling all the strings in the background and you know, getting the Separatists and the Trade Federation, to, you know, e- like everything coming together and just creating the perfect storm of just, just you know, evil, dark side, Sith, just crushing the Jedi and Palpatine and Vader
1: winding up on top. Yep, just, just absolutely fantastic in that regard. Again, not a perfect movie. No Star Wars movie is, but... Just so enjoyable. I Again, I I fully respect that this is not the opinion of every, of, any, of everyone else out there, but Episode 3 is my favorite Star Wars movie.
0: And I think that will uh, just about put it up in wraps with our uh, sequel, or, I'm sorry, damn it. Oh, not sequel. Prequel. Alright, thank you. Gonna start again. You know, and I think that's a good place to end it there for our prequel wrap-up, um, again, i would say three pretty solid movies uh i do agree with donnie here that the revenge of the sith was the best one of the trilogies uh so I, I think that's a good place to leave it and uh next we have the original movies which i you know i think we're believe it or not gonna have some opinions on that
1: roll credits
0: oh man and with that i am danny and i'm donnie and that has been another mega burrows podcast hells yeah